0: bitch. Is that better? Is bitch better? bitch better? Is bitch better? Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Bitches Better. I'm your host Raven and it's Bravo Day for the second time this week, which is amazing. Uh, I'm here today to recap Below Deck and Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, but before we get into that, there is a bit of news to go over. All right, now... I haven't watched OC at all this season, but I know that Bronwyn is struggling with alcoholism and has shared that on the show. And she just recently came out as a lesbian last week. So people have been coming for her for a while now. But today, (laughs) today was a whole new level. People are pissed at Bronwyn and just going in on her ass. And I was like, oh my God, what did the bitch do? So naturally, I put on my investigative journalism hat and got to work. So apparently on last night's episode of Orange County, she said that during quarantine, she hit Sean a couple of times, which is just terrible. Um, And then also her daughter Rowan liked a tweet that said Bronwyn is unstable, needs to go to rehab, and Sean should get full custody of the kids. And it made me think back to something that happened months ago uh, with Rowan. Remember when she posted uh, a photo with the caption, fuck you, mom? Well, Bronwyn's response to that was something like mental illness affects so many families and ours is no different or like something like that. And I was just like, hmm, now I wonder if this whole situation, her putting hands on Sean had something to do with that post from Rowan. I don't know. Either way, uh, I hope that, you know, they can, like, heal and move on from this as a family and everyone gets the help that they need because this is just a hot mess and it just seems to be getting worse for Bronwyn, so I don't know. I think leaving the show would be a good place to start, but what do I know? Okay, so there's been new developments with uh, the whole Erica and Tom divorce story. Oh my God, am I a news anchor right now or what? (laughs) Okay, no, seriously though. So Tom is suspending spousal support, and he wants Erica to cover her own attorney fees. So basically, he's like, "You're on your own now, babe," which is like, ooh, yikes. Um, and you know, all of you smarty pants out there that were suspicious of the divorce from the get go and like saying that they were getting the divorce because of Tom's lawsuits and the whole alleged embezzling thing. Y'all are now saying that, you know, this suspending the spousal support and making her pay for her own shit has something to do with that as well. And I believe you because <laughs> I don't know anything about the legal system or any of that shit, and y'all were right before, so I believe you this time and story is developing. <laughs> All right. So that's it for the news. But, um, also I'm just like really excited about some things that I have planned for the podcast. Um, there's just some really cool stuff coming up and some cool guests that I have lined up to come on soon. And I just can't wait to share that with all of y'all. And again, I just want to thank you for sticking with me through this big, like unexpected change that none of us knew was going to (laughs) happen. Um, it really, really means so much to me. Seriously, it warms my heart. Like you have no idea. So, yeah, stay tuned. Um, make sure you're following me at Mainly Bravo on Instagram and Twitter. And make sure you subscribe to Patreon because next week I'm starting a rewatch and recap from the very beginning of Married to Medicine. So, now is a great time to watch that if you never have. And if you already have, you should rewatch it because you know how amazing it is and you want to relive all of that again, of course. So yeah, do that. And you know, if you love me like I feel like you do, please drop a five-star rating and review. I would really appreciate it. And okay, let's get into the show. So I'm going to start with Below Deck. Okay, so Rachel is freaking out because she doesn't have that fancy ass caviar that the guest specifically requested (laughs) for the birthday dinner uh, that night. So, um, she's still losing her mind about that. Meanwhile, the guests are asking for a tour of the rest of the boat that they don't normally see. Um, no. Why do you want to see that? Just continue roaming around the nice part of the boat and leave the below deck part (laughs) to the rest of us. Like, can't we have anything to ourselves? If you want to see the rest of the boat, grab your iPad and watch the old seasons of Below Deck. Although I'm positive You've seen them already, and the boat that you're on right now was actually on the last season, so you've absolutely seen it. Okay, so Shane keeps uh, doing this thing where he brings up going to Berkeley and saying that if he can go to Berkeley and graduate with a 3.5 GPA, then he can do this yachty thing. And I'm just like, while that's a great accomplishment and no one's trying to, like, take that from him or minimize it, one thing has nothing to do with the other. Like, the reason you're not doing well at this job is because you're being lazy. It has nothing to do with, like, you not being smart or anything. Like, your degree doesn't come into play here, Dr. Wendy. (laughs) Like, just keep moving your ass and that will make all the difference, I promise. So, now it's time for dinner and... The caviar emergency has been solved, but they're really like cutting it down to the last minute with it because Eddie has gone to pick it up from the dock, but he isn't back yet and it's almost time for dinner. So Rachel literally has everything prepared already. She's just waiting for the caviar to get there. Meanwhile, Captain Lee is giving the guests a tour of the boat and stalling like hell because of that late caviar. And I'm like, you know what? That is teamwork. No, he didn't show them the entire boat like I expected. And I thought that that's what they wanted to see. So that's my bad. (laughs) And I owe them an apology. I thought they wanted to see like their living quarters and like everything below deck. And I was wrong about that. Because, you know, they've done that on past seasons. And I always thought it was strange. Anyway, but maybe he should have been showing them all of that shit because Eddie is still not back with the caviar. And now they're late for dinner. We're like 25 minutes and counting. And I'm getting worried, to be honest. I'm like, is Eddie okay? Like, can we call him on the radio? Eddie, Eddie Raven, are you alive? Where the fuck are you? So then Eddie shows up at the caviar and all is right with the world until Rachel Rachel drops the $700 tin of caviar onto the floor. She spills some of it, but it's all good. Like she got most of it into the bowl, but I'm just like, oh my God, how much... (laughs) Like, how much is that worth, the amount of caviar that you just spilled onto the floor? Like, I can't. I've never had caviar and never even thought about it before watching this show and, like, some of the housewife shows. And now I'm curious about it. And I would love to try it, but the fact that it's $700 a tin or whatever tells me I'll likely never try it. <laughs> Unless one of y'all would like to give me some. Just let me know. So, Every time Captain Lee has dinner with the guests, I want to know if he gets annoyed. Like, when they ask him, can you join us for dinner? Is he like, oh, great. I'd rather have a bowl of Cheerios in bed alone, but like, fine, I guess I'll do it. Or is he like, oh, you know what? These people seem okay, so like, I'm into it. I always wonder that. But he seems to be enjoying these people. I mean, he even pours the wine into his mouth from that thing. Um, I cannot think of what it's called, but it's... Oh, a, a Perone, And he does a great job, by the way. I've actually done that before. And it's, it's much harder than it looks. Like, I definitely spilled it on myself and like all over everything around me. It was not, it was not a success, but that's besides the point. So dinner looks incredible and Captain Lee even says it's the best he's ever seen in his like 30 years of yachting or whatever. So Rachel is really killing it and we love to see it. And so after dinner is over, poor Eddie and Shane are having to clean up all the red wine that was spilled all over, (laughs) all over the floor. And it's not a small task. So just bless them. Then we see the guests talking about how they want some wine. And we're informed that Elizabeth hasn't checked on them in 13 minutes. And they're waiting around for her and like looking around for her. So the time keeps on ticking. And, you know, now they've been waiting for 28 minutes and now they've been waiting for 42 minutes. And like, that's just ridiculous. Okay. So it gets to the point that the guest finally comes to find her and he's like, hey, um, we're dying up there. Like, can we please get some drinks? And she's like, oh yeah, I was totally about to come up there. Like, girl, no, you were not. Stop lying. So now Francesca is pissed and rightfully so. You know, Elizabeth dropped the ball again, and it's it's unacceptable. So Francesca is like, listen, I really need you to make sure that the guests are first priority because they've had a really good time so far, and I don't need you, like, fucking this up. That's not exactly what she said. She was nicer, but <laughs> that's basically what it was. So then Elizabeth was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm really trying my best. False. <laughs> no, you're not. And then Elizabeth's like, oh, you know, it just pisses me off because she can direct people better. And I'm just like, what, what exactly is Francesca doing wrong? Like, like, I feel like the way that she's giving direction is just fine. I'm just like, how would you have preferred her to do it? (laughs) Like, that's what I want to know. I mean, could you imagine if Kate was the chief stew? Like that girl would have been on the floor in the fetal position, like surrounded by her crystals and just like crying. Like you clearly are not cut out for this. I don't know what else to tell you. So then we see Ash and she's talking to her mom and her mom is telling her about COVID and she's like, yeah, I knew about it when I left home, but I'm just hoping it's not that serious. And seriously, like my eye twitched when she said that. I was like, oh, babe, you sweet little thing. You have no idea what's about to hit you in a couple of weeks. Like none of us did. Oh, my God. (laughs) That sounded so dark and spooky. But you know what? This whole thing really is like dark and spooky, though, to be fair. So, oh, well, enough of that. Oh, God. Then we have Shane and he overslept and he is late getting on deck. He was supposed to be on deck at 6 a.m. And now it is 738 a.m. This is not okay. He said that his phone died, so his alarm didn't go off. And like, Shane, (laughs) come on. (laughs) That's not, that's like not a good excuse. What if Eddie hadn't woken up at the time he did and asked like why Shane wasn't up? Like, I, (laughs) I can't. And so poor Izzy is just out on deck working the whole time by herself. She was probably happy he wasn't there, though. He's definitely the type of person that makes more work for you when he's around. So it's just easier if he's not there. Like, it's got to be that, right? And she knows he's on his last straw. So she's like, oh, well, you know what? If he gets fired, he gets fired. I tried to warn him. Otherwise, wouldn't she like go looking for him? Like, hey, are you going to come to work today or not? Like, I know I would. (laughs) So then Eddie tells Captain Lee about everything that Shane's been doing wrong in like the past 24 hours, which is like taking the nap while everyone else was working, leaving the garage door open, etc. And I'm just like, oh, my God, Shane, your days are numbered, bud. Like you're getting the fuck out of here. So, um, now it's time to dock the boat. (laughs) So they're all in their positions and dropping the fenders. And of course, Shane fucks it up. And Eddie's like, hey, you have one more fender to drop. And Shane is like, I know. And he says it in this tone that I just cannot handle. Like, evidently you didn't know because you didn't do it. So if you did know, you would have done it, but you didn't. So how about just do it without the attitude? Thanks. So Captain Lee, he is pissed. He doesn't have his stern thruster, whatever that means, but it's obviously a big deal in this moment. And I'm sure that at this moment, you couldn't fit a straight pin up his asshole with a 10 pound sledgehammer because he is stressed, okay? And I'm like, oh my God, is this when we're finally going to hit another boat or the dock? Like, I want to see it happen not necessarily to Captain Lee, like preferably it would be Captain Sandy, but I still want to see it happen just once. I just, I think it would be thrilling. (laughs) I'm sick. I know. So they don't hit a boat or the dock, but Shane neglects the stern lines, which is also like a very important boat thing. And they're all scrambling around and I don't know what they're supposed to be doing but I can tell that they're not doing it well. And it's a mess because this should be going way more smoothly than it is. And Captain Lee is just pissed. He's like, I don't know who didn't do this, you know, super important boat thing, whatever he names, but their ass is mine. And I was like, oh, it's fucking on now. He is livid. So, The guests leave and, you know, they said they had a wonderful time and that's really great. But Captain Lee is still so mad. He doesn't even wait until the tip meeting to tell them, like, what a horrible job, (laughs) what a horrible job they did with the docking. He's like, y'all are trash. And he goes through all of the steps of what they're supposed to do with each line. And Shane doesn't even look like he's listening. And I was like, oh my God, he's probably like, oh, I can't wait to like get to my journal and just like write down whatever the fuck. And that's exactly what he goes to do. (laughs) So then it's time for the tip meeting. And Captain Lee is like, overall, this was a great charter. Rachel, your food was amazing. But there's some people here, Shane, he didn't say that, that aren't doing great. And it worries me, but that's all I'm going to say about that. So they get a $20,000 tip, uh, $1,600 each, which is great. And I seriously get so jealous every time I hear how much money they make in just a couple of days. Like I can barely stand it. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, then Captain Lee uh, has a meeting with Eddie and he's like, okay, so what are we going to do about Shane? And Eddie's like, I don't know. I was really mad at him for taking a nap the other day. But then this charter, he really was trying. But then today, he was an hour and a half late getting on deck this morning. And I just feel like we've given him so many chances, which they have. And Captain Lee is like, well, I feel like him being gone won't be much different from him being here, which is terrible, but true. And then Captain Lee calls Shane into the bridge and he's like, "Ah, yeah, we got to talk. And that's where it ends. (laughs) I think Shane is out of here, though. I mean, he's got to pack it up and go home at this point. Like, enough is enough. So, next week, it looks like we're finally going to get a hookup, which is what I've been waiting for. And it looks like it's going to be Elizabeth and James. And then we get more COVID stuff, which I'm not looking forward to, but you know, it is what it is. And it looks like Francesca is trying to get Elizabeth out of there, too. So, I'm excited. And hopefully that will get people more excited as well. I mean, I'm I'm enjoying this season. I know a lot of people aren't. So maybe next week will be the turning point for them. I don't know. I'm sorry for those of you that aren't enjoying it. I hope it gets better for you. All right, now time for Salt Lake City. Whew. Okay, so we're still at this luncheon and it's still Mary versus Jen. And Jen says something like, I'll say what all of y'all are thinking, but won't say, or something like that. And Mary's like, um, watch yourself. I would never say the things that you say. Never. So, know that. Then they start arguing, and Mary is making all of these wild faces and opening her eyes really wide, which I love, but Jen does not. (laughs) And Jen is like, open your eyes and me like that one more time. And I I screamed. Like, it... (laughs) It just sounds like one of those things your mom would say to you when you're like getting out of line or something. Like slam that door one more time and see what happens or something like that. But Jen, <laughs> hers is just so silly. Like, bitch, you better close your eyes when you're talking to me. Like, I don't wanna see those corneas. Or open your eyes like <laughs> open your eyes one more time and see what happens. Like what? She could have at least been like, give me those Ramona Singer on the catwalk eyes one more time and see what happens. And it would have been, it would have been so much better. But like, no, she's like, bitch, let me catch you exposing your retinas and corneas to me one more time. And it's going to be a problem. Like I just love this show so much. It's so silly. So then they keep arguing and Mary's like, oh, don't get ghetto. And I'm like, scrub, Ghetto. Um what the fuck are you talking about who's being ghetto what does that even mean like explain yourself and Jen basically responds in the same way and Mary continues on and she's like I didn't want to invite you I never want to talk to you and her eyes are stretched open as far as they can go during this time by the way and Mary's just like bye Jen you can go so this upsets Jen so she stands up and <laughs> she challenges Mary to open her eyes at her one more time <laughs> And I start screaming again. And Mary is like, what are you going to do? Whip my butt? And I, (laughs) and I had to laugh because all I could think of was like Candace and her like, what are you going to do? Drag me. But this was like, (laughs) this is like the PG version of that. (laughs) I could not handle it. But Jen is like, no, of course not. And then she just walks out and Heather goes after her because she and everyone else just wants them to work it out. And, you know, this is just a reminder that they're fighting because Mary said Jen smelled like hospital after spending a lot of time in a hospital, and Jen said Mary fucks her grandfather. And, like, both things are true. It's not like they're made-up rumors, so I just still am not seeing an issue here, but (laughs) it doesn't matter. So Heather gets Jen to come back in and they try and have a calm discussion about this. And as Heather is saying to Mary, don't attack Jen, just like hear her out. Mary is not having it. And she's like, no, also you are two-faced. <laughs> and Heather and I think the rest of us watching were like, what? How is Heather two-faced? And Mary's like, I don't want this around Walter; It's upsetting him. <laughs> then we see Walter, who is completely checked out doesn't give a single shit about what they're saying or doing. I think he's probably thinking to himself like, hmm, am I going to get some of those Louis Vuitton AirPods for hosting this thing or what? And I mean, I just think this Jen and Mary beef has got to be the dumbest beef I've ever seen in Housewives history. It makes no sense, but I love it so much. It might be one of my favorites. So then Whitney is like, okay, well, let me, let me try explaining this to Mary. And she can barely get a word in because Mary won't shut up for a single second. And she's basically like, you're 30, you don't get an opinion, like be quiet. And I'm so sick (laughs) of this whole, you're only 30, you don't know anything thing. Because, you know, we've seen this on other housewife cities, like they do it all the time. And it's just beyond annoying. Like I'm, A fully grown woman at 30, so please do not treat me like I'm 17 years old. This is ridiculous. And I also didn't realize that Whitney was 30. We're the same age. Hey girl. So then Mary calls Jen a hoodlum, and Jen is like, nope, don't do that. It's a derogatory term used mostly against black people, and here you are, a black woman sitting here calling me a hoodlum. Shame on you. Then Jen tells us about Mary saying uh, if she goes to a Seven Eleven and she sees all Black people, she's going to another Seven Eleven. And Mary's like, correct. Um, what? And Mary's like, yeah, I see convenience stores and my mind goes to a place of violence. And when I smell hospital, I can't take it. And that was like the end of that conversation. And I was like, no, we need to park the car here for a second and talk about this. Because it's not just convenience stores that make your mind go to a place of violence. You said specifically it's convenience stores with Black people. And that is an issue. Mary, you are Black and you're scared of Black people? Why? What, what happened to you? You need to go work this out in therapy because you're sounding like a Karen and, and it don't make no sense. Like none at all. Attitudes like that are why Trayvon Martin and countless other black people are no longer with us today. People being scared of black people for no fucking reason. There's people probably right there in Salt Lake that are scared of her son when they see him out of 7-Eleven for no reason other than the fact that he's a black male and he's around them. And I'm sure that that would upset her. Well, I don't know. Maybe not. I would hope that would be upsetting to her. It should be. My mind was just blown. Uh, like, I, I can't. She ought to be ashamed of herself, but seriously, she needs to go to fucking therapy. So Jen was like, you know what? I've had enough of this. And she leaves and Mary's like, whatever. I tried. Can you pass me those AirPods? (laughs) I'd like to have them back. And I was like, oh my God, I bet this is so excited. And he's like, oh my God, I am going to get some AirPods after all. (laughs) And he deserves them. Honestly, him and those other two men that were with him, they deserve that same pile of gifts that the ladies got because... Woo, they were working hard that day. Then we had a conversation between Meredith and Brooks and she is telling Brooks about the luncheon and she said that Jen basically apologized and Brooks was like, "Okay, what does that mean though? Because you you either apologize or you don't." And I was like, "Yes, this is true. Um, and the answer is no because I don't recall hearing <laughs> Jen say that she was sorry. I think she just explained you know, why she acted the way that she did. So then we go over to Heather's house and her daughter Ashley's boyfriend of two years is coming over. And Heather explains to us that in the Mormon community, you don't allow your daughter to go to more than one dance in a row with the same boy, because if they do, that could lead to a relationship and sex and they don't play that. But Heather's like, I trust my daughter, so I don't care about none of that shit. And then they start talking about church and it seems like they haven't been in a while. And none of them are really dying to go back because they know once they do, people will be like, oh, where have you been? You know, because they're all judgmental and stuff. And that is so annoying. I dated this guy once and I hated his friends, y'all, that hated them. (laughs) They were just a bunch of obnoxious idiots. Every last one of them, which should have been a sign to me, but, you know, (laughs) whatever. So... Like after a while I stopped going out with them because I could not stand them and it was like every like once in a blue moon I would go and they would make the biggest deal out of it like oh she came out of the house like oh my god you never come out with us like do you not like us blah 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 and I told my boyfriend at the time like if you ever want me to come out with y'all again you will tell your friends to calm the fuck down with all of these comments or else I'm going to tell them about themselves. And then I'm actually never going to go out with y'all again. (laughs) Like I just won't. And you know, because he always wanted me to go out with them. So he told them to cut it out and they did like for a while, but that's not the point. (laughs) The point is it's annoying when you have a group of people all up in your face asking you where you've been and from the sounds of it, the Mormon church is super judgmental, so I bet it's, I mean, a thousand times worse. So then we see Meredith and Seth, and Meredith is picking Seth up from the airport, and she hasn't seen him in a few weeks because he's been working in Ohio or Chicago or whatever. And he's like, so after the ski season is over, are you going to come live with me in Ohio? And she's like, absolutely not. And he's like, oh, so where you live is more important than you live with. And I was like, oh, okay. don't do that. Because if I hate where I live and I'm only in that place because of you, then resentment is going to set in. And I'm not only going to hate where I'm living, I'm going to start hating you, too. Like, been there, done that. (laughs) So then she's like, no, I've uprooted our family too many times and I'm not doing it again. And I don't blame her. And he's like, well, I would move anywhere for you. And I was screaming like, well, good for you, bitch. Like pin a rose on your nose. You know, just too bad that that's not the situation we're in, though, huh? Like, also, you seem to be like forgetting all of the times that she did move for you. She just listed off a whole bunch of them. Like, fuck you, Seth. So by the end of his visit, she is thinking that they need some space because all they have been doing is arguing. And he's like, well, maybe me not being here will help you figure out what you want. And maybe what you want is for me to not be in the picture. And Meredith was like, maybe so. And I was like, yikes. (laughs) But you know what? It'd be like that sometimes. And Seth was like, well, you know what? I don't think we're going to make it. And I don't think they are either. And like, I'm sure that they love each other and everything. Like, I don't doubt that. But love alone isn't enough. At least that's what I think. But, you know, we'll see. So then Mary is talking to her grandfather husband about the lunch and the fight with Jen and how Jen called her grandfather fucker. And listen, it, it is, I guess it's a rude thing to say. I don't know. <laughs> this is the first time I think a lot of us have been ever heard of anything like this. So it's weird, but, but it's true. <laughs> you do fuck your grandfather. So, um, you know, I would love for us to not pretend like all the other ladies don't say this about her behind her back. Also, we're not going to pretend that this shit is normal just because y'all have been married for a long time. No, just because he's not your blood doesn't make it any less weird. Like, please get real. And also, no one is jealous of you. (laughs) Like, no one is jealous of your situation. That is not what's happening here, I can assure you. Because she thinks for some reason that Jen is jealous of her. And that just could not be further from the truth. So then we see Jen talking to Sharif, you know, about the lunch and the fight with Mary. And Sharif is very sweet. And, you know, she was just explaining that Mary's whole 7-Eleven with the Black people thing is very offensive. Because her whole family is Black. And it's like, so if you see my family outside of the 7-Eleven, you're leaving? Like, I have an issue with that. And I was like, Same. And and then she was like, if someone did that to my sons, I'd beat their ass. And Sharif was like, no, you wouldn't. And she was like, oh, yes, I would. And I believe her. (laughs) Um, But she says that her plan moving forward is to kill Mary with kindness. And I was like, okay, girl, (laughs) can't wait to see that. Let's see. So then we see Whitney and she is doing jujitsu with her brother And they're talking about her dad and how like all the kids kind of like split up and took sides after her dad's addiction started. Um, But he's about to go to sober living, which is great. I think it's great for him to be facing this head on and trying to get himself some help. And Whitney says that, you know, they've done this whole song and dance countless times, but this is the first time that it was his decision to do so. So hopefully this time is different and has a lasting effect on him. Also, it's just like really brave for them to be sharing this story on the show because it's really heavy. So good for them. Um, Then (laughs) we see uh, Lisa and her son Henry at his birthday party. And it's like the coolest bowling birthday party I've ever seen. Like he's dancing with his friends and it's just so cute. (laughs) Also, this is off topic, but I've been trying to find Vita Tequila and I cannot find it anywhere. It's not in Charleston. So if you have access to it wherever you are, please send me some. I'll literally Venmo you. I just really want to try it. I like I'm thirsty for Vita Tequila. A bitch is desperate. (laughs) So then Heather and Mary meet up for dinner and Heather says that she wants Mary to know that she can be friends with her and Jen at the same time, even though they're at odds. And I'm like, um, no. Jen is not going to be pleased when she finds out about this. You see how she acted when she heard Meredith just went to Mary's church. Now her best friend, Heather, is breaking bread with her arch nemesis? No, this is not going to be pretty. So Mary again says this thing where she thinks Jen is jealous of her because she is Black and she has designer things. Like, girl, what? This That makes no sense, but go off, I guess. So then Mary gets into the whole grandfather thing again, and she's getting upset because she's like, listen, I didn't want to marry him, but I did after praying about it for like two years. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you admit that it's fucking weird. And with that should come some understanding of why everyone else has something to say about it. And this is beyond choosing faith over love. Okay. You, you should never have to pray to God. (laughs) and ask him to give you the strength to marry your step-grandfather. Like, that just should never, ever be a thing. I'm sorry, Grandma, but I'm not going along with this. Like, haunt me or whatever you feel is necessary, but I will absolutely be going against your wishes here. I'm so sorry. So anyway, Mary says that she's done with Jen and the bridge has been burnt, so we'll see. I don't know. And that was it for this episode. Now, next week, we see Katie Maloney Schwartz and Lauren from Utah. So I am not thrilled about that because it's like, oh my God, we cannot escape these Vanderpumpers no matter what we do. Like, remember Lauren from Utah was on um, the last season of Roni. She was like lurking around in the background at some event. Like, please, Housewives is supposed to be a safe space for us. Go away. (laughs) So I'm not excited to see them, but I am excited for another episode of Salt Lake City because it's wonderful and I love it. And I love y'all. Remember to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at mainly Bravo. Check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash bitches better. And I'll be back to talk to y'all soon. I love y'all. Bye.